Welcome back to another episode of Cinema Wheeler Tay. It's uh, Sean and Scott today. Uh, Tony will be with us next time. Hey, how are you? Hey. <laughs> but we are joined with uh, two re- recurring guests. Uh, I, I forget which club you guys are in, fourth or fifth <laughs> time, you know. Yeah, I'm not sure. I know there have been multiple. And I think this is not your first time with another guest either. I think you guys have been on with yeah, other guests that's before. That's true. That's true. Uh, I'm going to introduce them both. Uh, two of my favorite people in town, two of the most talented people in town oh, uh, in Columbus. Uh, from MATLAB and many, many other ventures that he could probably mention, <laughs> uh, Stephen Woosley. Hello. And uh, one of the premier comedians slash improvisers <laughs> in the city, Phil Porter. Uh, yeah. Radio it's personality. Radio, <laughs> yeah. All, all these yeah. things that I don't really <laughs> do for real. Right. <laughs> yes. I just feel more important by mentioning it that I'm surrounded by that kind of level of Bro, company, Thank you. So. Thank you. So it's really to elevate me. Your professional uh, dabbler. I'm, I am, yes. All these things that I could probably, if I put any effort into it, I could have done <laughs> on a semi-professional <laughs> level, and now they're just hobbies. That's right. That, that sums up my life, too, yeah. really, in a nutshell. <laughs> but we all gathered to, to talk about people that actually did establish themselves in yes. some way comedically, uh, in a huge way, because uh, we're going to re- revisit the classic Bill Murray vehicle, Stripes, from 1981. Uh, it's a movie that I've been looking forward to talking about for a long time um, since we started the podcast. And uh, but I'd like to start with everybody. We'll start with Stephen and, and Phil, and we'll go through the room. Like, what was your first first time you came across Stripes? The first time you heard about it? Uh, uh, and what was your first impression? I think this goes back to the conversation we were having warming up about talking about streaming services and cable. I think it was uh, I first saw it on like HBO. Uh, you know, like the year after it came out. So back in the 80s, so it was probably 82 by the time I actually saw it. And then I saw it like 50 times because they showed them six times a day back then. Uh, well, I guess this was our, so three or four times a day. <laughs> but um, there was nudity, so I was staying up for it. <laughs> uh, so, uh, but, you know, big SNL fan, obviously, been watching it since 76 or 77, very early on. Uh, and uh, so, you know, loved all the meatballs I loved. Uh, we got to see that. Um, I think some of the other and Animal House, uh, obviously uh, we'd seen. Uh, so yeah, I probably watched this a million times. Uh, every line was funny, whether and it's and I think it held up. I know where I'm getting ahead of myself. We'll, we'll talk about this in the end. Mm. Uh, I just watched it the last couple of days. It it made me laugh just as much as before, and noticed a lot of other things. But um, yeah, a, a lot of it was just being a teenager. This is like, oh yeah, there's girls, and uh, oh they get the girls and all that. So we'll get into that. But uh, yeah, so. I loved it right away and was quoting it. Still am. I guess every, any, I think anybody who watched it then still quotes it now. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. nobody knows what the hell we're talking about. <laughs> they, it will. From, they will. Isn't from that era. Yeah. Uh, uh, wow. Um, everything Stephen said is exactly. <laughs> I can't really. That's you probably saw it on cable in a year after it came out in yeah. 1982. Uh, it was definitely. And it's amongst those movies Caddyshack and Animal mm-hmm. House and. Uh, also, being a kid who watched Saturday Night Live way too young, yeah, yeah. Um, but it was one of those movies that was the first of those quotable movies, like that yeah. and Caddyshack. Mm-hmm. That every kid, everybody here, definitely, we all know mm-hmm. that we all quoted this. Yeah. We all quoted this amongst our friends. You know, me and my cousins. I still remember the going to a Christmas 
family gathering in Zanesville, and uh, my cousin and I were like, oh, somebody, their neighbor had one of those Winnebago's. Oh, yeah. And we're like, we both went, urban assault vehicle. You know? <laughs> and like our, the parents were like, what are you two talking about? <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah, so, you know, it's, yeah, it's just, it's one of those movies that definitely set the... It's definitely set the tone for for comedy mm-hmm. and for watching movies. You know, probably 1977, Smoking the Bandit, Star Wars, probably made me really love film. But mm-hmm. this is one of the movies that made me love comedy. Mm-hmm. I'm watching it over and over again, it still makes me laugh. I st- I watch it at least once a year. It's kind of funny. Yeah. Before you, a couple weeks before this, uh, I. Turn it on Netflix to fall asleep to, and I didn't watch it all the way through, and now I was happy because my goal, like, oh, good, I need to watch it again. You know, <laughs> so yeah, it's just yeah, it's one of those movies that's yeah, it's been part of my life since I was probably twelve years old, you know, and always will be. For me, uh, I didn't discover it until later on because, like, I would have loved to have been you guys because I think <laughs> I was I I, w- I I should have been in your generation versus my own because uh, I remember seeing Ghostbusters. It all comes uh, back to yeah, Ghostbusters yeah. with Bill Murray and Harold Ramis, all those guys. Mm. Uh, and I saw Ghostbusters for the first time to drive, and it was like one of the the big eye opening movie experiences I ever had. Yeah. Where I was really conscientious of somebody being a movie star versus just a character in a movie that I liked. Like, who is this this Bakeman guy? Because he's funny, and I didn't know how to articulate it at the time. I said he's funny in a way that I'm relating to, and he's standing out for me. And then I found out his name is Bill Murray, and I asked my mom immediately after seeing Ghostbusters, I want to see more Bill Murray. Now, I wasn't at the age where I could watch right. Stripes, Caddyshack. Yeah. And she, but she would mention, oh, Stripes, Caddyshack, Tootsie, Meatballs. And she told me how much she loved them. And these movies became elusive because I couldn't watch them because I was too young at the mm-hmm. time. So they kind of built up in a big way in my head. Like, these are great, great movies that I haven't seen. And eventually I was able to, to come across them. And and I love Stripes, actually. I like mm-hmm. I, 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 have, I, I will concede that cinematically there are issues with like Caddyshack and Stripes. I, yeah. I will concede yeah. that. But I can't be that objective because I think from a comedy standpoint, there's on such a high level that it compensates for any cinematic issues yeah. they might be exactly. having. But we'll get to that. Yeah. Uh, but Scott, I know you're not... I, I don't think that you had the same experience with Stripes that the rest of us have had. Like You're a little bit younger. Yeah, I don't remember when I first saw it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it was probably on TV, you know, probably on, I mean, they played this movie a, a ton mm-hmm. or they did I, not as much anymore, but <laughs> the sanitized version. Yeah. yeah um, the central version is not. Yeah. I mean, I would always, recommended. there's always those movies that every time you turn it on, it's always on the same scene. Uh-huh. And so it was always on the, uh, the conversation scene where they're getting to know everybody oh, and they're introducing yeah. Yeah. themselves. Yeah. Um, so I saw that scene like a hundred times, but I didn't really see it before that or after that. So this is a movie where I never watched the last 40 minutes because everybody said it was bad. (laughs) 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 So I would stop watching just like a full metal jacket. I just stopped watching after a certain point. Um, the parallels there. I know. (laughs) So... Oddly enough, when I watched it this time, I was like, oh, it's not that bad. It's, it's better than I... <laughs> if, if people tell you it's tor- terrible, it's not as bad. Cause you I just watched pick- it today with that same thought. Because in my mind, this and Ghostbusters have that issue where they're great for like 80 or 90 minutes because we're setting up all this comedy. It's comedy, comedy, comedy. And then it's like, oh, we got to resolve this storyline. I mean, the, in, the, in Stripes, they manufacture this conflict. Mm-hmm. But it feels like I a, realized, yeah. oh, that's only like 20 minutes. Yeah. It's only 20 minutes, it's not and it's not, not, as long as I think it's it not completely 
unfunny. That too. Oh, yeah. That too. It's it, it's it's yeah. it's it's, it's fascinating. And there are right. some bits of that. And it's stuff. and it's at least full of enough action. To be yeah. honest, yeah. Yeah. it carries you through it. Yeah. And the just in the the payoff of that. They don't show you what's going to go on with the with the Winnebago right. until the end, and then all that neat stuff. So it kind of keeps you entertaining. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and thinking about that, it's like it's like I saw this when I was like twelve, and uh-huh. definitely you know probably twelve up until you know my early twenties. This movie was just there, and I'm like, uh-huh. this movie was made for teenagers. Yeah, oh, it yeah. really like they probably <laughs> oh, yeah. couldn't go see it, but I went, this is really funny, but there's cool, neat stuff, and there's action, and there's just enough mm-hmm. nudity that. Really doesn't make sense that it's there. <laughs> no. yeah. Like this was definitely this was like this was it's, like camel marketing uh, cigarettes to teenagers. They shouldn't be doing this. No, it's the nudity. If we could talk about that up front, because it's very eighties style. Oh yeah, but where it's completely completely non. You could take it out. It has no. It's not. None of the main characters are nude ever. Like no. none of the love interests are like in movies today. If someone's nude, it's it's a main character. Yeah, but this is this gratuitous, yeah, yeah, leering sp- like voyeurism. I mean, the, the, the Stillman watching the girls through the shower is what yeah. Porky started doing to the next year, or maybe. Next year. <laughs> right. And, I mean, and then um, they go to the club or whatever, which. I guess it, I, there's the idea that this is what military guys would do, especially right. these guys would go to some club with, uh, you know, topless. I, and I forget every time that the waitresses are topless. Yeah. Well, yeah. this is a weird category too. Like the it leering is. and the voyeurism here is much more sophisticated than Porky's, and that's a weird thing to get into <laughs> as a conversation. It's so well, yeah, John Larroquette. Apparently, John makes it funny. Ap- oh, apparently, yeah. he said loofah. I love yeah, to be a loo- yeah. and Ivan Reitman didn't know what a loofah was. I didn't know what it was for a long time. Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's an extended cut of this movie that was released on Blu-ray, which I watched both uh, versions. I watched the theatrical release on Netflix, and then I watched my Blu-ray, which has the extended cut. Mm-hmm. And there's a scene during the 20 minutes sex sequence with PJ Souls, which is where she's completely nude. I mean, this goes oh, really? really into wow. a even deeper. Mm-hmm. level of nudity than what we were used to well, and, yeah. and sexuality and I'm like and, and Ryman says I even cut it because it may I think this is going to make people uncomfortable because it, we might have taken it a little too far in terms of the sexuality yeah. and the overtness of it uh, and I'm um, like yeah you can't do that anymore there is no way they would even sanction this And it, like, well, I love I mean the first nudity in the movie is Bill Murray goes to his girlfriend and she doesn't have a shirt oh, that's she's right. topless for no reason yeah. just to be topless yep. yeah. it's completely I just never watch it like it's just basically the only reason she's topless is to be topless. There's no because she's just getting changed. Well, and again, I, you know, for an '80s kid that didn't have oh, it, right, it was like, what part of the movie are we in? Okay, I'm gonna yeah. wait at least five more minutes and then I'll go to bed. But yeah, I want to give props to that actress too. Like that is one of the best scenes I've seen from a character that's like for one scene uh-huh. that's not even yeah. build, and she's tremendous. She has, yeah. in fact, I think she has better chemistry than Bill Murray than P.J. Souls, which I like <laughs> yes. them together. But she's yeah. really connecting with yeah. him, yeah, and the, with the banter and everything. Yeah, well, that relationship's a real one. The P.J. Souls one, okay, is, is, is in that same pantheon of. Doesn't make sense, but again, it's no. a teenage fantasy. So there's, there's a there's a ton that doesn't make sense in this there's, movie. There's, no, there is a there is. But, yeah. I mean, doesn't make sense to like almost like I have no idea. <laughs> like like, <laughs> I, 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 I was, Bill Murray's character is such an ass, like a legit asshole. Everybody this, hates him. Everybody, and, hates and it's him. like I, I feel bad for the sergeant. 
because he's right. just trying yeah, to do his well, job, and he's he's not bad. He's actually trying to get to know them in each, that in that scene. Each time I watch the opening yeah. sequence of the movie, I try and find more parts where like, well, maybe he actually does have his <laughs> shit together. You know, yeah. like, no, no. Uh, he's horrible. No. Yeah, it's like we, yeah. you joined you you were not drafted into the army. <laughs> right. You joined this, and almost immediately <laughs> you start bucking the system. You're not even. <laughs> This is orientation, yeah, and you've right. already got to start. And it's, it's, right. he, like he's surprised that the, he, that's the way it runs. Right. Like, yeah, but it's a com- I think it's a comedy thing, and it, I, mm. I and especially the very first scene, the original yeah. scene with with, uh, with him uh, uh, driving the lady to the, yeah, airport, the airport. It's it's he is. They're trying to make him Groucho Marx. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're trying to make him Groucho Marx. Absolutely, where he is just. Is subversive and anti-authority. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, and she's Mark Dumont. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think that's what they're trying to do to this. And uh-huh. and I, well, you want to say fell off the mark, but they didn't, right? Because yeah. that's the thing of like you don't don't try to over. You know, I was going to take notes uh-huh. on this movie, and I stopped. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I start overanalyzing this movie. I'm going to not like this movie. <laughs> yeah. That's going to make me very sad. Yeah. Right. So I was just like, I'm not going to. I'm just going to watch it again. And right. Just, right. You know. yep. Well, there are two things about this too. Like you have two antagonists. And it's strange because you have Sergeant Holcomb, played by Warren Holtz, who might have the best acting performance in the whole film. He's brilliant in the movie. And he's really not a villain. He's just an antagonist. He's a foil, like you said, to Margaret DeMond. Then you have John Larroquette, who's really painted. And this would make sense. I think Holcomb's a victim. He is a victim. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he gets he, he basically almost gets paralyzed due to right. the antics of people he's trying and to live. I, oh. I I hadn't read I read some of the Wikipedia stuff and I guess during the mud thing they pulled uh, Warren notes in to kind of make right. him part of the team and stuff. And he chipped his tooth. He was not happy. <laughs> so, yeah. Like they set up Stillman. Like Stillman's supposed to be like probably the main antagonist of the movie yeah, overall. Yeah, yeah. But he has no interaction with Bill Murray or any of the main right. characters. He's usually on his own. Yeah. That's some the weird hijinks. Yeah. So yeah. it's a weirdly structured the, movie. He's that the Meyer. If he had more, he's inter- brilliant in the movie. He, yeah, he's, he's, a, he's fantastic. But he's he needed more scenes of Bill Murray to establish that Bill Murray, like. That would make him seem less like an asshole if right, John yeah, Larroquette right. was the foil, because John Larroquette is a, is completely unlikable. Yeah, right. he doesn't earn his position. Like, Hulka doesn't like him either. Nobody. Yeah, yeah. Right, Hulka right. is just trying, like making Hulka like the the. I know he's the foil, but he's like he's being abused and bullied yeah. by Bill Murray for right, yeah. for. No, like yeah. it starts no. I don't know. It's what, just what weird. What you're basically watching is like a member of the greatest generation, an authentic <laughs> war hero. Probably, I can see Hulk right. being one of those right. guys, the yeah. real deal, being abused <laughs> by. It's similar to like the Donald Trump John McCain thing, right there. You know, where there's well, like the it, it is very much that they're taking those the DI tropes and all that stuff from old movies. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Officer Gentleman comes out a year later. Essentially, takes <laughs> that trope is like this movie didn't come out. They, they which makes sense. They should ignore stripes, but. But and then it's kind of like these are the new guys of comedy. All these guys were nationally lampooned. All these guys grew up in the seventies mm-hmm. or in college. No more, no war. I mean, the, one of the funniest lines right. in the movie is "We're ten and one." Uh, yeah, so yeah. They, they're immediately like, I. So they're they they want to respect the army and all that, but at the same time they're recognizing this is not our deal. This is not what yeah. we do. So I, I think that's where that conflict comes from in a good way. But yeah, it does look like. Because like they do want to respect Hulk on the army, and I think that's why you end up having. Well, if they made Hulk an abusive asshole, right? But they right. don't, right? They don't. Like everything he does, like he's getting, like the scene just him getting to know everybody is just like, whoa. I mean, he cares who these people are, yeah. and he's just he's 
you know, he's he's hard edged, but he's like tough love kind of deal. Yeah, you know? yeah. he's the father figure. Yeah, yeah, and it's like. Well, and I was thinking that today too, watching it and last night that, you know. Hulka doesn't really convert R- Ringer. Or no, Ringer. no. He, he doesn't really come around. They end up respecting each other at the end. But he hasn't really. He uh, Murray's character shows respect or leadership and all that. Yeah. But he doesn't really come around. No. <laughs> to his way. No. And he tries to actually convince him. That's the, yeah. with like Hulka. It's like he, they're not making him a. Uh, they're definitely making him a more sympathetic character yeah. than John Ringer. Or John Winger, yeah, you know, because he he pulls him in the bathroom and he's yeah. like, "Listen, let's have this out. Let's, you know," and he goes, "Oh yeah, well, you know, I'm, you don't know if it's about to be a soldier. Well, yeah, it's about honor and respect. He's like, you know, this is what I'm trying to show you. This is what I'm trying to show you. Not that other stuff. You, you know, it was probably if you show me a little glimmer of it that I might cut you a break. But you know, it's, it's just, uh, yeah, you really. It's, he takes a swing it, it's, it's like right. I said, there's, there's, with there's one some hand in his pocket. Yeah. Really flawed story right <laughs> in this movie that I like. Just, right. I'm just going. I'm just not going to think no, about no, it. I'm, no, not gonna no, think I'm about telling it. you, it falls apart from a cinematic analytical standpoint. Oh, absolutely. But the scenes within a scene. Are yeah. brilliantly constructed. Yeah. That's the weird thing about this movie. Like that scene you're talking about in in the stalls between yeah. Hulka and Ring, R- R- Winger is fantastic. That's one of my favorite scenes. Now, in the Ron, movie. Ramis wrote this, right? I think Ramis yeah. and he co-wrote it with somebody well, else. Somebody else. I think but I think Len, Len yeah. Bloom also Len wrote Bloom, it. Okay. Yeah. He, he, a lot of his scripts are the fighting against the power. He wrote Private Parts for Howard Stern, which is okay. that same story of mm-hmm. guy okay. rises above. And but yeah, it's a lot of coming from writing. Because he had, had he written Caddyshack? No, he had written Caddyshack. Ramus was a co-writer on Caddyshack. But it's a lot, but it's a lot of coming yeah. coming from a lot of sketch writers. Probably sure. a lot of guys yeah. that don't really know how to like they man they can write they can write great scenes, but they're you know they're they're probably okay good at writing like. 10, 12 right. minute, minute scenes, you yeah. know. Definitely letting Murray or whoever go a little bit and figure yeah. out what. What's and there's the best a lot of improvisational Absolutely. aspects. I mean, uh, Caddyshack suffers from the same issues. Like, I, I compare yeah. it this way Caddyshack is like high, low, high, low, high, yeah. low. It goes like this because any scenes with Noonan and the caddies, I oh, kind of just or, drag. Or uh, the, the girlfriend. Oh, the girlfriend. Yeah. Oh it's, it's awful. But here. <laughs> I'm it's, pregnant. It's, it's, two minutes later. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> <laughs> but, <and> it, <laughs> I love that. Like halfway through the movie, I'm pregnant, and then like two minutes later, it's insane. <laughs> I think this works has a better flow, just because I think um, I don't think it's necessarily a better movie. I think it has a better flow because I think Reitman's a more skilled director than Ramis, because Ramis yeah. directed Caddyshack, so you could tell Reitman's a little more technically oriented and knows how to make it flow better. I think this is better cast casting across cast. the board. There's no faster. like bad. There's no bad characters in this. Like, there's no, no characters like you just don't want to watch, you know. So it's yeah, not like that, that's where that that scene where he's getting over one. That's that's an example of how you do exposition. Yeah, and yeah. introduce characters because each one, and not only do they you get to know about them, but it's it's all very funny, and you get to learn about the the group and all that stuff as opposed to. I've been reading a lot of full lengths for Mad Lab, and a lot of them are just like, I'm going to tell you. It, it, this yeah. is my <laughs> least favorite is two people talking to each other about all these things they used to do. Remember when we did this? <laughs> yeah, I remember. I was there. We both shared this. Why are we talking about it? Like, nobody else knows what we're talking about. Hey. It's like soap opera dialogue, essentially. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, yeah. uh, no, hey, when do you? It's, it's been no, I don't know, and I'm sure you researched this a little bit <laughs> about, like, them kind of how they, sh- they made the movie. Yeah. Uh, I mean, did they just kind of go, you know what, we're just going to kind of have this blank canvas this kind of field maybe just they, they just kind of let things go and it's let, let, just let it be funny 
That would be a little bit more understandable uh, about that. There was. And about originally, it was just, a Cheech and Chong vehicle. It was. I, didn't <laughs> really I don't think I knew that. Okay. And I'll be honest, like I'm glad it went the way it did because yeah. I like Cheech and Chong, but you know, I'd rather watch Bill Murray. Do you know Alder who's Amos. the Cheech and Chong holdover or whose character is the Yes, uh, Judge, Judge Reinhold. Reinhold's. Yeah. Because all he's talking about is uh, carrying They consolidated all the Cheech and Chong stuff into <laughs> Judge, Reinhold's Judge Reinhold's character, which barely gets a lot of emphasis yeah. anyway. Yeah, so. And I always remember him being in it more, but he's really not. No. There was also a sequence they cut out. Like, you know the scene where Hulka is angry because two people left the base? There's yeah, several of those kind yeah. of scenes mm-hmm. in the movie. Well, there was, a, there was a scene where Bill Murray and Harold Ramis, it's in the extended cut, and it, I'm glad they cut it. Because they go to South America, they hijack a plane. <laughs> they, they get on a plane with a, with like some mission to South America, and they start smoking a joint with all these like you know shake Rivera kind of guy. Yeah, they said this is the most Cheech and Chong ish, and it gives Ramis a little more quirky uh, things to do comedically. But it really does; it's completely tonally away yeah. from what they're doing with this movie. But then they do the same thing in Europe. So <laughs> it's like <laughs> this one isn't working, but this one might work, you know. And in real life, actually also came into play like what we were seeing with Hulka on screen also happened a few times off screen where there was a clash between Warren Oates being this accomplished uh-huh. actor really I mean, he was willing to do whatever they wanted him yeah. to do acting wise but Reitman wanted when they throw him into the mud you know that whole yeah. sequence like they weren't going to tell Warren Oates what they were going to do yeah. and they pulled it off and he was pissed he broke a tooth because he, he fell yeah. and he, yeah. he he just chewed out Reitman saying look I'll do whatever you want me to do but don't you ever fucking yeah. do that to me yeah. again yeah. with this improvisational shit and he was right because I'm like we were all improvisers I, I don't think I would do that to somebody that I know no. doesn't have an improvisational background well, improv isn't punching someone in the face <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> it's like that wasn't planned no that's well, not, not really not good improv maybe like right. the dialogue but like the <laughs> blocking you know, maybe the blocking you might want to like right. have down. And I, it was completely innocent on Reitman's part. He said this would just be funny because they all have that improvisational, right. anti-authority background right. of just trying things out. And I think he learned a lot from that. It's like, okay, maybe we're taking it too far. Yeah. We should we should have tuned him into what we were actually going to do, and he probably would have been okay with it. So, but I think like the Hulka thing. That's probably why on screen it looks like they're abusing this guy. <laughs> 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 yeah, I mean, there, there might be a cut where the Snyder cut where they <laughs> he's not abused, <laughs> where he's actually a bad guy. But um, no, I mean, still, the Harold Ramis character is completely unexplainable. He's like, in parts he's like, I feel like he's supposed to be us, like just like yeah. yeah. Do you see what's going on? <laughs> and then other times, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, and I think he's funny in it. And, mm-hmm. He has some great moments of like doing little tiny things, like when he does the speech about the. Uh, uh, oh, his dad said, "I yeah, I love that's what I very I should never hit somebody, uh, never hit somebody in anger unless you're absolutely sure you can get away with it." And then he and Candy almost have a real moment because Candy's playing it good improv; he's playing it yeah. completely seriously, and so is Ramus kind. And then he, you know, the line about, and I never thought about this. My brothers want to point this out when we were younger, was because the next line is. I just want you to know, no matter what, when we get out there in it, I'll be right behind you. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, because he's a, he's a coward. He's a pacifist. He's not going to yeah. be le- with them. He's going to be behind them. Is that why he joins the army? Because he's not he's afraid to tell Why Bill does Murray he Kate? join the army? He, that, I, yeah. Yeah. No, he, he had, I mean, it wasn't the greatest job out there. We had one day <laughs> of teaching English. He's like, forget this. I'm I, joining the army. That's right. I, I, this time watching it, I, I had that thought, too. And I was like, I guess that whole scene with the, 
English as a second language class is he showed just how terrible Harold Ramis is at anything. So that's why he would be like, yeah, okay, right. I'll go with my loser friend and join the army. It seems like Ramis is kind of wedged into this movie. And he doesn't seem like he necessarily wants to. He's the one doing the least amount of work in this movie. It's it is yeah. it's really he's weird. Not his acting is really bad. <laughs> it's, it's really it's just, very Seinfeldian at times. Yeah, he just yeah he just doesn't seem to give. He's like I'm just here, man. I'll say the lines. They're funny. Yeah, I'm not gonna act yeah. them. But then, listen, I, listen, my lines are gonna be funny. Don't worry about what I'm doing. You know. Well, I know the reason he was cast is Bill Murray felt guilty that Ramis never made it on SNL. And that's what he was telling Reitman. So he, he said, I'll do this movie, Stripes, oh, for you right. yeah. if you pair me with Harold. Because mm-hmm. Harold never made it on SNL. Yeah. And I always felt bad about that. And I felt that's he right. should have been on. And this is an opportunity for him to do it. And and when you listen to Ramis talk about it, Ramis, I think, is a gifted comedic writer. Yeah. In terms yeah. of dialogue and just conceptions, mm-hmm. I think that's a strong point, even over-directing. Um, and I, I actually enjoy him in this movie. And I think there's some really good stuff with him in it. I do too, but I, I'm with Phil. But it's, it's not like, like yeah. it's it's yeah. a he weird. He just wander on the set. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a weirdly constructed character. It, it his works. hair before he gets a cut though deserves mention because oh, that, that is better than his performance in the rest of the movie. <laughs> it is. It is. But still, it is. You, you can tell how prioritized they are for the movie by how short their hair is. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> and they all said that like Bill Murray and Harold Ramis because they were bigger stars yeah. didn't have to get it. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. give me a little, yeah. Uh, yeah just a, Which, just a little. Uh, <laughs> comes out with my hair, and, <laughs> and John Candy looks like what I used to look like. Yeah, goddamn John Candy, man! I, I, I love oh, that guy. So uh, He's so committed. He'll I think John anything. Candy would do that even if he was. Yeah, I mean, this was his. Yeah. was this his big movie breakout? I don't know if it was big, um, but it, I mean, they knew it. They had, had. Well, I mean, it was pretty close. It's a bigger role. Yeah. I, mean, I don't think because what else did he do before this? Yeah, it was just 1941, right? Was he in 1941? He was in 1941, and I think he was in the Blues Brothers for like a bit. Oh, yeah, he was one of the cops. Yes, yeah. Yeah. yeah, was Caddyshack before this? Caddyshack was right a year before. Okay, Stripes. so they Bill Murray had already been established as a big movie. Yeah. I was wondering from you guys how big was Bill Murray prior to Stripes? Was this like was he already a huge like? Comedy, like he was the guy in comedy at that point. I, or was pre- he, he was on his way. Yeah, I feel yeah. like he was more the. the and then this made it like, Saturday oh, he's bankable. Night, and then and they were like, we, now we can make yeah. Ghostbusters. Make and and, and yeah. Caddyshack, I think that that solidified him. Yeah. That character is once again being a quotable thing. Yeah. We were all quoting. Yeah. Yeah. Bill Murray in that thing. Yeah. And that's was that was saying he he took that small part and you know killed with it. So mm-hmm. they're like, all right, we're going to now give you a star vehicle. So I think right. it was. He was definitely on the radar, and then that's when I think they said, like, basically like John Belushi going from uh, Animal House to, yeah. to Blues Brothers. Yeah. You know, where yeah. it's like, yeah. So, yeah, this was definitely, this solidified him, but he was definitely on the radar. And, and Meatballs was kind of a hit, too, wasn't it? Yeah, yes. it was, and it was a, whatever, P, I'm going to say PG-13. It wasn't, it wasn't around then, PG. So yeah. I think that was, my parents were fine with us watching and quoting that at 10. Yeah. And they, right. Well, this definitely established him as a box office yeah. movie star. Oh, absolutely. And I think that was part of the idea, too, was these these new guys, these you know, screwing around guys can make money. And, you know, obviously, they, as we've just determined, they pitched it for us teenagers. Oh, these kids are going to buy tickets. How are they getting into these movies? Who cares? They're right. buying tickets. Yeah. Doesn't matter. And the great thing, too, like Reitman said that, Murray was the only one who was really established as a star. Everybody else was unknown at the time. Yeah. They all became, like, maybe they weren't huge stars, right. but they all made a mark on that yeah. decade. There's so many people. I know. Judge Reinhold is like a year before Fast Times. Mm-hmm. Right. And he's great in this for what little he has to yeah. do. John Candy, of course, is John Candy. Mm-hmm. Larry Kett is terrific in 
you know, he would have gone to Night Court yeah. and win like mm-hmm. four Emmys in a row right. for mm-hmm. Best Supporting Actor. Uh, and I love John Larrick. I think yeah. he's one of the most uh, undervalued nowadays. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but then you got PJ Souls. PJ Souls. Who, you know, I mean, if you're, you know, if you're a movie nerd, then obviously a lot of us know yeah. PJ Souls. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, you know, Sean Young. Yeah. But even guys like John Deal. John Deal, who yeah. plays Cruiser. Uh huh. That's not the only iconic character that guy's yeah. done. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, you, John Deal's all over movies. This was his first paying role. Was first paying role. Yeah. Yeah. But like, if yeah, if you you know John Deal, you see him, you're like, yeah, this guy's this guy's in a lot of stuff. Yeah, and he was paired with Candy in this a lot because Candy loved working with him, and yeah. that's why that yeah. whole poker scene was completely the, improvised. I, the one one of the th- little tiny things I noticed today is when they pick up Cruiser to torture him, Ox gets up like he's going to stop him, and they, they, the other two, the other guys, hold him back. And I, I, <laughs> I've seen 150 million times. I'd never seen that. I'm like, just that, you know. That's just showing that it's he the, did have affection for the dumb guy. He was right, yeah. kind of victimizing. That's the level. It's a great thing when watching movies like this. Movies we've all seen. It's finding those little things I, mm-hmm. where the obvious things aren't even funny anymore, and yeah. it's the little throwaways that uh, still kills me. It's the last couple times I've seen this movie. Uh, speaking of Ramus, was when he walks into the house and he's like, "Hey, can I have your last beer?" He goes, "No." We'll split it. That's a throwaway I hadn't seen. It. Right. I hadn't thought about it until like a couple years ago, and now I love that line. One of right, my favorite parts yeah. is right after that when he, Murray goes through all the things he's lost that day, and and uh, Ramus is like, "You've got your health." And then Murray stops for a second, and he picks up the wrench, yeah. Yeah. and he kind of hits his hand with a couple. Of, and Ramus starts veering away just slightly. Because he yeah. thinks Murray would deck him with it. But yeah. he's just going to clean out the window. Which, again, is another, speaking of literal throwaway bits, right? I laugh every time Murray throws that basketball out the window. Yeah. Every time. And then it comes right. through the other one. Yeah, yeah. It, just every time. Well, wh- one issue, like we were talking about the characterizations in the movie, like with Ramus, I think the same issue is with Ox, because Ox has changed his character from he scene does. to scene. Oh, yes. He's the, at, he, at one point, he's like the affable loser from uh-huh. Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, and he's talking about the weight loss. Then he becomes a con man. Then he uh-huh. becomes a bully. Then I, he goes yeah. back to being oh, yeah. an affable And guy. he is racist, by the way. Yeah, and he's he racist. He is absolutely a racist. <laughs> like, I don't, like, it's, it's Ox, because whatever the scene needs him to be at any given time, he, like, morphs into a different he character. He plays every John Candy character yes. in one movie, which, is, which makes it. That's a four-star movie. <laughs> and I love it. And, and he's great in every scene. That's what the thing. I forgive a lot of these flaws because I enjoy yeah. the scenes within the scenes uh-huh. so much. But when you put it together as a whole, it's like there's nothing adds yeah, up. It's not like a parent. It's a, none of this stuff is like the story still goes through. I mean, it's a yeah. linear story. Right. It's not like hard to follow. They join the army and then they do that stuff. But like it's just when you like these characters like you just it just questions you ask yourself oh, like why is that character doing are, that why yeah. are, why is it only like those four on the plane right. the rest of the guys right. apparently flew in earlier right. and had to do a de- had to do yeah. a parade detail <laughs> right. for the rest of them I mean, you know it's like well, hey we were there too and by the way why are you getting celebrated for rescuing us when it's your fault right, right. you know that you you took the thing and then we tried to come get you and you know this well, move, yeah well the, the Hulk thing is stupid because they they injure him so he's out of a portion uh-huh. of the movie then he comes back but they were looked like they were trying to set up Larry Kett to be the other antagonist but that never goes anywhere but it still works for Larry Kett because he's a funny actor and uh-huh. the stuff he's doing is engaging but they never fully established a true antagonist in this movie completely it's like no. <laughs> they set up one one goes away the other one kind of comes in and then the other one comes back and now he's a protagonist so it just goes all over yeah he chews them out Larry Kett chooses them out right that's the only time like yeah, yeah. and it's 
kind of understandable. <laughs> I mean, they they went out to a strip club and and but, Becca, Bill, but Bill Murray wasn't there. I, did, did, actually, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he interacts with with uh, Harold Ramis right at the end right. as they're taking him into the truck, and he's and Harold Ramis kind of half salutes oh, him, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then you know, and he's, he's yelling at him. But I don't think he yells at Bill Murray. I don't no. know if Bill Murray didn't like John Larroquette yeah. or something because it's starting to be the because I mean, they don't. You know who did? Screen. You know who didn't like John Larry? Uh, John uh, Bill Murray and Sean Young did not like Bill Murray at all. Really? Oh, yeah, really? she didn't like the improv, uh, so she uh, got really irritated with. Uh, him going off script or not even using yeah, the script, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they didn't. They didn't. Get, they didn't get along. In fact, she said she'd never do another movie with him, or he said he'd never do another movie oh. with her again. Well, I wow! I think they've lived up to it. <laughs> yeah. I think. I think Larry Kett, like from I listened to interviews. He loved working on this movie. Although he injured his nose in the one scene, like when he runs into the door, like he yeah. actually injured oh, yeah. himself, and that's why he has kind of his nose is a little flat oh, wow. now. Oh, and he was drunk when he gave that speech. I guess they all went out for real. So he was drunk when he gave that speech. This one. John when he gave that spe- when he oh. gave the chastising, he was actually drunk, really, for sure. Yeah. Everybody loved candy, though. That's one consistent. Oh, everybody yeah. loved candy. Wow. That, mm-hmm. That's like in Ramus too. That was the other one everybody yeah. loved. But uh, we were talking about like how unrealistic the PJ Souls Bill Murray relationship uh-huh. is. Even more so is the Harold Ramis Sean Young. Right? <laughs> oh, yeah. John Larry was like, how in real life would someone like Sean Young ever date someone like Harold Ramis? I mean, maybe it happens. Right. Ask, it's possible. Oh, yeah. But it's if not- he's, by the way, he suddenly becomes very slick and charming uh-huh. uh, in the, in the yeah. living room scene. Uh-huh. We haven't seen any of that out of him. No. At all. All of a sudden, no. it's like, okay, where did this it's, come it's, from? It works. The weird thing is that I actually believe it in the scene yeah. because it works so well with them. Yeah. Well, but I, I think Bill Murray be charming, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Um, he can be charming. Yeah, Ramus. Ramus is not be charming. <laughs> right. Again, it's that. How does Boom get Karen Allen? How right. Does yeah. Right. Men get Sigourney Weaver, one of the most beautiful women in the world. It's casting. That's yeah. how. Well, yeah. <laughs> we we actually writing movies. Teenagers. We want to believe this can happen. Yeah. Right. I actually believe that though, and goes. Then again, they a lot of people it. might ask that about me and my wife too. But yeah. hey, you know, <laughs> casting. Because he relentlessly pursues. Sigourney, yeah. In this movie, he doesn't. It's not like he's pursuing. No, not at all. It's no. just like they are pursuing them. Uh-huh. Yeah. PJ Souls sells the shit out of those scenes. Yes. though. Oh, she's she the does. one that makes those yeah, scenes really work because yeah. she goes in with it and she looks like she's enjoying it uh-huh. and all that. When stuff. he's hitting with the spatula, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was, was improvised. That, yeah, it was actually that. like two in the morning too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah. Which, all of this would not pass muster in the normal studio. Oh yeah, you, you, you could not you could not improvise a spatula scene <laughs> nowadays. No. I feel like this was PJ Soul's last big moment because she she had this yeah. great run of Carrie, mm-hmm. Halloween, Rock and Roll High School. She's yeah. also in Breaking Away. Yes, yeah. and then this. Yeah. It's like and that's five. That that's like a. Uh, John Cazale run. You do those five and you're done. Right. In fact, yeah. I think... Which she kind of was. But Weirdly enough, they're having a PJ Souls retrospective at the Studio 35 right yeah. now in Columbus. I, they canceled that, she, that. Oh, they, they canceled it? Yeah, because I, was, I, was, I didn't pay for it, but I was signed up for it. And they at first, the first day I couldn't do, they moved. I'm like, I'll be there. Yeah. But I guess she's got a lot of other... Maybe she's got a lot of other stuff going on now, so... Something yeah. changed, but she seems like a cool person. Like I would love the DVD. To go, I was she and Sean Young that. actually come off well because yeah. Sean Young's reputation took a hit with that right. Catwoman antics right. from '92. Right. But you know, this was a year before Blade Runner, so she had a good run. Yeah, at this part. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, all the way through Ace Ventura. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's a decade's worth of uh, man. So. She was an Ace Ventura in this movie, which are like when I was in yeah. grade school, everybody was quoting Ace Ventura. Yeah, which. 
has the same issues as oh. I think Strikes is a much better movie, but but Ace Ventura, like people are quoting that, and then you watch it, like this movie is this talk about a much more of a vehicle for that's, one person. That's definitely a very funny movie, but I would say it's a great movie. <laughs> right. Ventura, I will defend Dumb and Dumber though. I oh, Dumb and Dumber is well, great. Yeah, 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 that's a different that. thing altogether. Which I think has a great script actually yeah. in comparison. To right. Yeah. Well, the, you know, you know the Ace Ventura, the story about Ace Ventura is that that was a piece of dog yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That would have been around for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> Jim Carrey went, I'll do it. <laughs> Because he had yeah. not done anything. Yeah. He goes, I'll take the starring role. Right. I'll make it funny. Yeah. I'll make it funny just by sh- But when he did, I mean, to yeah. his credit, that Kudos movie is him, very, man. very funny yeah. because he yeah. just, he's like, I'll make this funny. Thought, you know, and good for him. You Maximizing know? everything. Kudos to him, man. Yeah. Taking, uh, like, he, something that you know he was is the, terrible. The white guy and they live in color, and I, they, so they got him cheap. Yeah. And they got then, him cheap. Yeah. yeah. He goes, yeah, give me an opportunity. All and right. Courtney I'll take Cox it. hadn't been on Friends yet, so they got her real cheap. Yeah. yeah, and of course Tone Loke was available. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, Loke, he well, he signed go. what he got mass like for twenty million after that Ace Ventura, oh, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Then he took off. Yeah. And Dumb and Dumber, I think he was signed before. Oh but, yeah, he, yeah. But this was a few years before Night Court for Larry Kett too, right? Yeah. Like two yeah. Or three yeah. years. Uh, he's he's great. I, I think yeah, he's he's, he has such great comic chops. I mean, he's great at playing these smarmy, unctuous, better than anybody mm-hmm. I've seen. Kelsey Grammer kind of has similar qualities, but I think Larry Kett, yeah. there's more of a flamboyance that he can. You got to see Larry Kett, uh, Kelsey Grammer, and uh, who's the other guy from uh, Pretty in Pink? Um, James Spader. James Spader on the same movie, <laughs> <laughs> playing smarmy, like the three amigos for smarminess. And it's surrounded with cameos from like SCTV all over the place. Dave Thomas and the Flaherty. mud wrestling scene, and and Joe Flaherty, guy. yeah. I, I, why Eugene Levy is not in this movie, yeah, I haven't I figured out yeah. how that didn't happen. Uh, I would have loved that. Yeah. Um, and then just the little things, uh, Timothy Busfield yeah. uh, playing one of the soldiers, uh-huh. uh, the guy who I don't even know his name, uh, who that's the only I've ever seen him speak, is playing the corporal, John Larroquette's oh, assistant. Oh, yeah. the yeah. guy who played the the, one of the other Daryls yep. on, on, New, yep. on Newhart. Isn't Joe yeah. Flaherty play the yeah. border guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That's right. He's one of the Larry Daryl, one of the Daryls. Daryls right? is, yeah, yeah. It's you know, it's it's one of those. And it's like, well, like I can talk, right? You know? Which means there's a connection with Sean Young because the next year in Blade Runner, she's playing with Larry. That's so, right. that's <laughs> so right. yeah, that's yeah, that's, that's true. Yeah, yeah. I guess weird Bill Paxton. It all goes back movie. to Newhart. Yeah, I guess Go Bill Paxton's in this movie. Yeah, I don't know. I think. Yeah, I don't know. I guess the guy that played Psycho, this was his first speaking role, and they just saw him on some off off-Broadway show, and they're like, this guy would be a good psycho. So let that be a lesson, as always. Yeah, right. As La La Land has taught us, doesn't matter who's at your show, put on a good show. Yeah. <laughs> One of the scenes I love, too, and like... And then dump Ryan Gosling. <laughs> so I know you guys enjoy. <laughs> I want to talk about... Like, we talked about the girlfriend briefly, the the, the the dump scene, you know, where she dumps yeah, yeah. him. I think that's a terrific scene. Like, the early scenes, I think, are amazingly well-crafted yeah. of setting him up to hit his low point. Shot in Louisville, by the way. Sean Louis, she's yeah. terrific. I think yeah. so. One of the best scenes I've seen of like one act, actor or actress just playing off of somebody, and, and you can feel like it feels like a real relationship, uh-huh. and they have great chemistry. The other example is the recruitment scene. That guy plays off of them so beautifully. Oh yeah, he's great. Uh, when yeah. he's saying now, now write your name. I mean, because he's letting them improvise, but he'll just say now state your name. It's not goofy stuff. He's right. actually acting. And that's the way another a veteran actor. Way. It's like I don't know yeah. that guy's name, yep. but he's mm-hmm. I've seen him on TV in the seventies mm-hmm. a long Everything. time. You know, it's yeah. just, it really is just 
so much talent in this movie. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, the, it's, it was, it was, it, you know, it was hard for it to fail. Yeah. And, yeah. and, exactly. and, and it didn't. Yeah. No. Right. It, it, I think that's why it works despite all the issues we're talking about is because all these scenes within a scene work so well. It doesn't add up as a whole. It's almost like the, the parts are bigger than the sum almost yeah. in this case. Uh, and I don't really care for the Winnebago stuff at the end, just because I. It's not that it's terrible, but it, it feels like warmed over spies like us. Taltig. Oh yeah, spies <laughs> yeah, like us. Me. That's what I thought of it. Spies oh, like us. Yeah. This, this is probably about six years. Right. Yeah. Seven yeah. Years yeah. Before it, it precedes it. And that's it. the thing I think of watching it when you're twelve. Mm-hmm. You know, because watch because that's the I you don't have appreciation because you saw it in your twenties. Right. I was twelve. 13 maybe mm-hmm. when I saw this movie the first first time and I'm like that's awesome yeah. right. you know it's like this movie's funny I've seen a lot of boobs and yep. yeah. at the end there's this there's this uh, Winnebago that turns into a tank this right. is, uh, yeah. yeah and 82 we're still fighting the Russians right uh, and I was gonna be that guy this morning and I Colleen didn't want to hear any of it like so yeah, we were in this thing called the Cold War. Right? <laughs> Russians and stuff. But yeah, at that time, that too, that's right. like, yeah. yeah, and they're beating the Russians. And this they're beating the Russians. Awesome. Exactly. Right. Yeah. I could do that. Yeah. I, I think you're hitting I could at get PJ something. Souls and beat the Russians. You hit on the issue, and I think the issue is Stripes works on such a high level in, in terms of how brilliant the dialogue is and the writing and the acting in, in a lot of ways that it almost would we wouldn't be critiquing Corky. Porky's the same way. If we watch Porky's, we know what we're getting into. Yeah. It's going to be stupid dialogue, stupid situations. We kind of accept it. But because Stripes works on such a high level intellectually in a lot of ways, comedically, it's almost like the other stuff, it, it doesn't fit as comfortably with it because it's like, oh, yeah, boobs, but it's also <laughs> boobs with great dialogue. Which are, How do yeah. I compute that? <laughs> you know, it's uh, strange. It's a movie not about boobs that has boobs in it. Well, Perky's <laughs> is a movie about boobs. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> well, and I think it's back to that <laughs> right. culture thing because I think all these, the young guys on this hated John Wayne and the John Wayne movie stuff. Yes. But yeah. this is, John Wayne would get a girl and... John Wayne never had chemistry with any of the women in his movie. Right, right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he had more chemistry with his horses than he had with the women. Right. right. And so, and, and we're like, buy this? Yeah, totally That's fine. true. Why are we beating up on John Wayne again? Well, it's <laughs> racism. But uh, Reitman made an interesting point. I love this scene. It's the, it's the, um, the mutt scene, oh, yeah. which yeah. he said he was actually a patriot because he came over from Czechoslovakia, they, they were escaping the regime over there, and he moved to Canada, and they eventually moved to the States. And so even though he's a full-fledged North American at that point, he kind of wanted to show his love of, in comparison to Czechoslovakia at the time. And But they said the scene was poorly written, but Bill Murray improvised that entire speech in a brilliant way. And I think it's for for... Patriotism, patriotism in the best sense of the word. Well, it's yeah. of how it should be. It's, it's one of the best it's examples. Supposed to be like that. the Patton speech. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, right. Because I mean, it's that moment where we're like, this guy's a leader. Yeah, and, he, and the guys all rally behind him, or whatever. So. And it's talking about inclus- inclusiveness and how we should all uh-huh. accept our differences, and we're all outsiders, but we're coming together to fight a common goal. Yeah, which is what America. Yeah. I don't want to get political, but that's right. what it should be. Right. That's a great ideal, right? Compared to some of the things we're hearing recently, which go go right. against mm-hmm. that. Now, three minutes before. That he did say black guys help the white guys. That, yeah, so yeah, he did, he did make all, that comment. We're all the same. I mean, you know, <laughs> right, it's, right. they instigated it. Well, and I love that's another one of those scenes where Candy's, and I know the idea is they've been off all night and they want to show that. So mm. what did he say? He said black guys right. help the white guy. Candy just immediately goes, Oh, this is, <laughs> he's, he, he was just like, Oh, now the opportunity. Right. Now's the time. Right. 
Winger opened the door. <laughs> Candy deserves a bonus for taking the hit as an actor in this movie because you have to be the one mud wrestling women yeah. and you have to take the racist yeah. hit. You know. they, they did think that he would be the breakout in this movie because they do one thing at the credits because everybody gets like Bill Murray. Yeah. But he, John Candy, and John Candy as Ox. Yeah. yeah. Like, like yeah. they say, oh, this character is going to take but off. He kind of was. <laughs> yeah. Well, not, that's true. That, but like I said, I think this is his first film. And yeah. it's like, okay, we know, uh, we, we know Bill Murray's going to kill in this. Yeah. And there's some funny stuff with a lot of these other guys, but they're like, okay, this guy is, and, and obviously Bill Murray and, 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 they already knew him. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they knew him from Second City, so yeah. he he'd been around there. So it was like this guy's going to be great. So of course they were like, yeah, well, this he's going to be a star. Which is funny because, like I said, La Roquette did such a great job, uh-huh. and they kind of didn't do that for him. Yeah, uh, maybe because he wasn't a, a, a Second City guy, and you know. But like I said, he did as you know as brilliant a performance as John Candy did in the movie. Yeah, but you know, you're not it part does of it. Feel like whenever they get in trouble in this movie, now we talk about it. They throw the ball to John Candy. It's like yes. shot clock's running down. It's like do something with yeah. this, right? And he has to whatever, whatever, uh, whatever it calls for. He's doing it, which is and he delivers each time, which is mm-hmm. great. Um, I mean, races or not, I laugh. <laughs> oh no, it's <laughs> funny. No, yeah, it is funny. It, it's a funny. It is funny. I mean, that could be for any funny. character in the seventies or eighties. <laughs> races yeah. or not, I love the character. <laughs> <laughs> I know I this is racist, but it's fun. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> we won't go as far as the song of the South, though. That's where we. No, go. yeah. But um. <laughs> but, but the mud wrestling scene—that's Bill Murray and John Candy at their best. That—that's the best scene yeah. they have together uh-huh. in the movie. You're a mutant. You're a, you're a ma- maniac. You should get out there. And Candy's playing right along uh-huh. with them. Uh, I know he was originally supposed to be cast in Ghostbusters in the Mick, Rick Moranis yeah. role, John Candy, because yeah. Reitman really wanted to work with him again. But he wanted to play the character with a German accent. And Reitman goes, that's just too much for this movie already. Like the movie's yeah. already crowded with yeah. ideas. Yeah. To add that on is gonna and. I'm glad it didn't happen because I absolutely love Rick Moranis and Ghostbusters. I think it's one of the best comedic performances of the '80s. So I'm kinda, it kind of it kind of worked out. But he always said he always wanted to work with Candy again. And Candy, I, I think, never had that chance. He went into John Hughes territory afterwards yeah. Yeah. and mm-hmm. just never looked back. Yeah, John Hughes is like he's mine. Yeah. he's my Bill <laughs> Which Murray. Which paid off because I feel like yeah, they yeah. tried Candy in some other star vehicles and they just never were the right fit. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, he needed to be more in this kind of role. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Than what they tried to put him into. And the thing, the thing with him, though, is like when I've seen John Candy in other films, he's always usually a standout in them. He does mm-hmm. the best possible job he can, yeah. even if it's not a great film. Yeah. Like a lot of people feel he steals Splash. Like that was yeah. really the oh, real yeah. breakout yeah. for yeah. him. And even oh, over yeah. Tom yeah. Hanks, who was yeah. his breakout. Yeah. Uh, and it, it, Hanks and Murray, that's a. That's, I always feel like Hanks became kind of the. Uh, Second-tier version of what – the lighter, lighthearted version of what Bill Murray was doing in the 80s. Yeah. Like, Bill Murray mastered it, but to Tom Hanks, and then there's Steve Gutenberg behind them. Right. <laughs> and it seemed like that was the hierarchy in comedy at that time. Uh, so that kind of makes sense that Candy would be paired with him, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, um, sorry, I was trying to make a transition there. There was no segue. There, I didn't know. I had... Yeah. Um, no, yeah, I think so. 
Um, it all led up to what's the movie Canadian Bacon? Or oh, <laughs> his last movie. Um, I think like uh, trains, planes, and Uncle, Uncle Buck are probably the best candy. Yeah. Maybe. There's a movie called Only the Lonely, which he's it's really great. Good yeah, yeah, he's great movie. movie. He's fantastic in the movie. I mean, he's fantastic in anything he's, he's yeah. done. Whether the movies, yeah. Wagons East, which Wagons East, I think was his last movie, which oh, was okay. Yeah. Also yeah. awful, yeah. but not. But he wasn't awful, and he's fantastic in the movie. You know, it, it, that, yeah, he never. Didn't show up and just yeah. knock it no. out of the park and anything. Just watch did. a random episode of SCTV on YouTube. And oh, yes. it's oh, brilliant. Oh, absolutely. His Orson Welles is my favorite. You know, <laughs> I, it's brilliant impersonation. SCTV is amazing. It is. The hidden gem of S. God. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> the, the, what I won't recommend is Nothing But Trouble, which is really one of the worst movies I think I've seen. It's, yeah. That's, that's terrible. We bad. won't be covering that on the podcast anytime. <laughs> that movie's bad in the worst kind of way. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's I'm a sucker for those guys and comedy. Well, but that just, stretched you, just it. you don't let Ackroyd take. Yeah. You don't let Ackroyd take the lead in no. anything. Okay, you just you know you just you shouldn't. I, I love Dan Ackroyd, but <laughs> exactly. man, but he's when he's yeah. then full creative control of something, uh, it no, just goes it over just the top. It does, yeah, yeah, it's like I, yeah, you're it's not. Like, let's just refer, refer, right. He can get all his weird. Teco geeky stuff yeah. and yeah. fit for It makes you appreciate Beetlejuice a lot more when you see nothing but trouble. Like, okay, this is how it should be done. The yeah. macabre comedy. And uh Yeah, I think it, yeah, that, that I hate that movie. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was always on TV and I watched it. I was like, why am I watching this? Well you want it to be good. It's just one of those movies I'm like, I'm gonna try this. Yeah. I, all right, I'm gonna try again. I, I, I really think that this time <laughs> it's like no, and, it's, you know, like, it's it's so. I think sometimes it's just like it makes you feel something, which is like yeah. abject terribleness. Oh, I don't know what it is. It's just like it just makes you feel grimy. So you watch it. Like I want to feel grimy. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's really the reason. I always remember they had a roller coaster in the courthouse or whatever. Yeah, so, for no reason whatsoever. I think the unsung hero of this movie is Elmer Bernstein. Oh, yeah. Again, oh, like yes. he is the best comedy composer of that era mm-hmm. by leaps and bounds. Like you watch something like Caddyshack, I, I the pop songs in Caddyshack are actually great. Like the Kenny Loggins stuff oh, yeah. works so well, yeah. but the score is not memorable. It's really basic. It almost tells you it's supposed to be funny. Yeah, Bernstein scores, whether it's Airplane or Animal House or Ghostbusters or this, they're always on point. Mm-hmm. They never overshadow the comedy. It just complements it so well. Like, and he comes up with great thematics and. Uh, well, and his music is probably one of the few things that sells those couple scenes. Yeah, it, and I feel like it's lifted almost exactly yeah. from Animal House. Yeah, it's, these two are in love. If you didn't know, or they're going to be in love because yeah. we just switched the music from the military stuff to this. Yeah, I think it fits. I, I never was a fan <laughs> of the score in this movie. I don't know why. It's just that. I just I don't know. Because they always play it like, you know, he pulls off the bra. Or they were marching, you know. But I like the opening, the opening score and everything. But for some reason, that score always threw me off. Because that's all I remember to the movie is that score. He plays great downtrodden scores. Yeah. With the piano. Yeah, that's. Oh, Ghostbusters is brilliant because it's kind of creepy and weird and. Um, but uh, I mean, he's great. I mean, that fits this movie. I'm not saying yeah. it's bad. It's just like as it's like, oh man, I just re- it's really over the, t- <laughs> over the top. It's an actual theme. You know? Yeah, it's an actual. So, theme. I think you're right though, because like you're talking about, we're talking about Bill Murray at the beginning. He's like, what a loser, and it's like, but that music almost makes it think like, all right, I feel kind of bad for this. Guy. <laughs> yeah, 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 you know. But he's kind of cool because he's. 
got kind of a little jazzy thing behind him. Yeah. Or uh, honky honky tonk piano playing behind him. Tony said, "Yes, all right, I want to stick with this guy." Right. You know, he abandoned an old lady in the middle of a bridge. <laughs> He's not a sympathetic know? character. No, no, no. And then he causes a several car accident on the other side when he crosses over because you hear it cra- the crashes and yeah. then it's never nothing happens to him no Yo. yeah nothing yeah this is yeah he's never, this is a bad message to send to no, this it's horrible i mean he's not a role model this in any leads way, credence shit. to somebody's probably already done it that this is a blade uh, uh fight club type theory of none of this ever actually happened right right <laughs> From oh, the moment yeah. he gets out of the cab, none of that's real. The cast yeah. did like with the one lines is uh, you know we joined the monastery we were just, you know monk get fucked by teenage girls. What? Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm sorry. What? That line. Yeah. When I was 14, I was like, that sounds pretty good. That's now little, I'm like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. You're yeah. th- by the you're way, he says I need to dry out before I'm 30. You're not 30. Yep. That's what he cracks me. I was right, like, right, wait yeah, a minute. You've got to be at least. You look 40. He was. He's probably 28 when he made the movie. Yeah, he yeah. looks 40 he, yeah, in that he movie. Does. He does. Yeah, well, yeah. he even says he's in his 20s. Like, no, you look like 38 to 39. Yeah, actually, you know. speaking of quote, well, that's a line I've said for years. Is I got to dry out. I'm gonna be dead, dead before I'm 30. People are like, you didn't start drinking until you're 30. I'm like, look at Bill Murray in that movie and tell me it's any different what I just said. He's lying too about his age. I'm sure too. But, uh, I don't yeah. think they were that old. I mean, how old were they? They were probably in their early 30s. 31, probably. 31, probably. 31. Yeah. yeah. came out. Yeah. yeah. So, so they were so right on He that. was... But everybody still, looks right. Every, <laughs> but still, at yeah, 30, yeah, yeah. everybody looks like 50. 49, I look better than he did at 30. <laughs> but that's what and I love. I, is and I he, drank <laughs> yeah. since I was 14. Gilbert <laughs> looks like he lived life, though. I bet that makes sense yeah. that he would have lived life that, at 30. That like, teen girl's line you know. hits hard, though, because I don't rough. think of a 19-year-old girl. I immediately think of like a 15-year-old girl. I'm like, exactly this it. is not good. Yeah. But, I'm going to say this in praise, and, and I absolutely love this period of Bill Murray. We're talking yeah. about like the Meatballs, Stripes, mm-hmm. Ghostbusters version of the yes. character. There are different phases. I, I'd like to get into that a little bit, but nobody plays kind of the the, the rebel leader mm-hmm. character like Bill Murray does in this era, yeah. because I've seen so many other people doing well, it because Mark of Hamill, but... Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It's literally the rebel it leader. Right, in that, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. right. Weirdly, Han Solo kind of fits more into that description. <laughs> you know, he's a prick too. Yeah. <laughs> when I look back on it, he shoots Greedo. You know, that's why they changed. He it. relentlessly <laughs> pursues a woman until she finally decides, "Okay, I'm maybe, India." Maybe they need. I'm Lucas not going to date my brother. The winger anymore. scenes early on and establish him as more sympathetic. <laughs> um, but uh, nobody plays a better because I think it's just he's so economic with his phrasing mm-hmm. and his improvisational skills. I mean, I, I think it's he's amazing in this era. Um, because almost every line, I think, comes from him yeah. that he develops. And I see people like, uh, I'm trying to think of, like, Jeremy Piven, I think, tried to do stuff like that mm-hmm. in, like, PCU. And I'm like, this is terrible and it's yeah. obnoxious. Bill Murray can only do this. This is only Bill Murray. can. can well, Vince Vaughn basically took the... Yeah, I that's mean, Vince Vaughn really good at, at just kind of, yeah. yeah. Of course, he's very wordy. Uh, Vince Vaughn's very, very wordy. wordy. But it's, it's all brilliant. And yeah. obviously, they just let him run. You know, uh, but he definitely took that arc. I think Robert Downey, uh, Robert Downey Jr. and uh, as Iron Man is basically a Bill yeah, Murray that's character. That's a good comp too. I always said that that's the closest I've seen to someone that's just like doesn't not very wordy, but just kind of, but not as funny as Bill Murray. But right. that that like dr- like the hero. Well, kinda. it's good that they really haven't tried to yeah. make yeah. that 
go okay it's, let's it's hard it's a, because it's hard because there's i mean that's there's definitely only one bill murray i mean yeah. that's kind of oh yeah it's an almost obvious statement but it's it's like any actor including piv and, and pcu which all right i love that movie <laughs> <laughs> sorry i love that movie uh sorry right, we'll agree to disagree yeah, yeah, um, it, but it's it's nobody any performer any actor or comedic actor or comic is like man i'm not even gonna try Try to do this. Yeah, there's no way I'm going to even try to pull that off because it's I'm going to look I'm going to look foolish. Well, and I think every teenage guy who watched that or at any point watched those Bill Murray performances, yeah. like I can get PJ Souls and I can do the the Anita speech. It's like yeah. it's exactly what she says. <laughs> yeah. It's not cute anymore, John. And that's yeah. what every guy was told who tried that. <laughs> right, right, movie. exactly. On, Beautiful women were harassed yeah. by uh, yeah. people. Or, or guys thought the they could be a <laughs> right. Yeah, beautiful woman. Was, no, it's not funny anymore, John. That's what everyone had heard because, yeah, nobody else is Bill Murray. Right. right. And by the way, Ivan Reitman isn't directing your life. <laughs> so get your shit that's, together. That's the biggest disappointment is Ivan Reitman's not directing my <laughs> life that I'm learning. You know. Well, he didn't even have to be charming as PJ Souls because she no. was in from the beginning. Right. right. I mean, they're both for her. They right saw the speech <laughs> about. Her, her saving him in Nam or yeah. right. World yeah. War II. I right? mean, when, when they saw him in the bus station, right? Yeah. 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 I remember, though, watching this character. This is the character I was like, this is who I'd love to... And I'm not that. But it's something that I remember seeing Bill Murray like. I'd like to be funny like that guy. I'd like what how that guy behaves mm-hmm. in a movie. And, and, and it's the wrong message to yeah. send because you should not behave the way he does. But, yeah. but in terms of the comedic skills of playing oh, that kind absolutely. of character, that's the character I really wanted well, to play. And for me, I, as a, I love Meatballs, and I already love Murray from SNL. And then seeing... This is the more adult version, I guess, Stripes, but... In Meatballs, he's even more of, he plays those scenes with Christopher Makepeace, and he flips to the dramatic, and he's seamless. It's great. It is. It's a little bit of a kiddie movie, but then he still gets his moments in there. Yeah. And he's got the, it just doesn't matter speech, which I equate to the, very similar to the, the Mutt speech yeah. in this, where they're just like, we don't have anything, go for it. To the point where people are laughing, and I don't know how many, there are laughs, I don't know if there are Mutt laughs in the Mutt speech, but definitely at other parts of the movie, yeah. he's doing his stuff, people are laughing. Uh, whether it's the and he's, or not. And he's the baseline, you know, you can say, or I, or I will, I mean, at least being one of these people mm-hmm. who's uh, whatever I am, but I, you know, I'll just say comedy actor yeah. at this point yeah. in time, uh, is, you know, your baseline's either going to be John Belushi or it's going to be Bill Murray. And it probably any guy, so it's like, yeah, we never tried to be Bill Murray, but we, you know, being clever when you're funny. Mm-hmm. Is that thing, you know, even though I was a bigger fan of John Belushi's and always thought I was going to try to emulate John Mm -hmm. Belushi, but I can't do what John Belushi can do. Now, I can't do what Bill Murray can do, but I'm realize that I'm probably pulling more from what he's done over the years than than him. So there's probably yeah, nobody's going to try to be Bill Murray because we all realize can't do it. But we're going to just we're going to we're going to take what you have and we're going to kind of make it our own and see Mm -hmm. what we can do with it. And probably every guy out there. I'm sure there, you talk to any comic actor yeah. famous out there that's, that's killing it right now. And you're like, oh, yeah, Bill Murray. Oh, yeah, totally. Yes, yeah, Seth Rogen right. is probably yeah. one of the youngest guys yeah. right now doing yeah. the, in the game. And he's probably like, oh, yeah, absolutely. Bill Murray is, yeah. is, one, of the, you know, is one of the people who's well, influenced I mean, me. John Belushi basically burped through Animal House and becomes a huge star. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean that, it, he's not well, like yeah. the wit. He's it's not the wit. It's physical comedy. Even though he had it, it was, yeah. it, was, it was physical comedy yeah, that yeah. got him to worry. And there's people out there that definitely yeah. went down that path. Yeah. Again, watching SNL is... Super young, Belushi was who me and my brother wanted right. to be because we wanted exactly. to be that big yeah. person. And then by late teen years, 
Murray's the guy. You want to be Murray, yeah. Of course, right. Belushi was dead, too. But uh, that was another piece <laughs> right, right, yeah. Belushi. Die Young is another great uh, really, I, I don't, don't want to be him. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, one guy from that era, too, and we'll touch base on it with other films that he's made, but I, I do think, obviously, his, his antics offstage have been very problematic, but Chevy Chase was actually... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Another influence of sure. me, you know, oh, and I think he was doing similar things to Bill Murray. Mm-hmm. And actually, when I look at Chevy's body of work from that period, Bill Murray lucked out for not being as prolific because he doesn't have to make as many clunkers yeah. as Chevy made. But Chevy's work in the 80s was actually more consistent than we remember. It's actually oh, it's strong. Terrific. He has some he has really a good strong stuff. Run. I think he, yeah, he wanted to get paid and he they were trying to put him into the wrong hole i mean like yeah he's uh, foul play his first movie with goldie hahn they're delightful together they they're are great. and he's doesn't have to do all the work and he's kind of himself fletch first fletch, fletch. yes hilarious yeah and again Terrific. that's another one where it's just like here uh here's the baseline here's yeah. here's, here's the script here's some beats see what you can do with it and yeah and Funny Farm's highly underrated. I think that's, oh, that's really strong. Yeah. Now, Three Amigos, of course, which, yep. yeah. strangely enough, like the Martin Short and Steve Martin wrote that, and they were uh, like, I don't, they were like, oh, let's bring in Chevy Chase, which yeah. is a great idea. Uh, I mean, obviously, right. and he, yeah. you know, it just, you know, once again, I get somebody who now everybody says was hard to work with. Mm-hmm. I think probably back then he wasn't. Yeah, and it was not that. Yeah, bad. yeah. Right. Yeah. Somebody's yeah. willing to come in there and, and do the work, and he, obviously he did. Yeah. And even in the movies like. Uh, there's a movie called Under the Rainbow, which is oh, yeah. not a good yeah. movie, but yeah. he's yeah. great in it. Yeah. You he know? Is. I think the problem with Chevy is Chevy was an asshole to the wrong people. Bill yes. Murray was an asshole, but in the right way. He, like, yeah. in a way that yeah. can win people over. So it might be a self-awareness issue right. more than it even is a character issue, because a lot of those guys were problematic in their own way. Belushi, yeah. Yeah. Murray. Yeah. But Chase was problematic in a way that made him lose his cool factor, in a way, with yeah. certain people. Yeah. Yeah, he would put down the little people and not the... Punch down. Yeah, punch down. And Bill Murray would defend, you know. Like, wasn't there a story like Bill Murray wanted to go work at uh, recently? He wanted to go work at some, like, Panera bread or something. <laughs> yeah. Like, like he, yeah. He put in an application because well, he thought it was. It was, a, it was great, though. It was a great yeah, Bill Murray gig. I forget it was what a it perfect was. place, but I forget the, the P- actual. No, PF Chains. PF Chains, yeah. And he was saying, I'd love to work there. Everybody looks like they're having so much fun. He's still brilliant at this point. Yeah. Um, there's different phases with Bill Murray. Like this is the stage we're talking about is the early stage, which is mm-hmm. probably the closest to what I re- I think of with yeah. Bill Murray, which is it goes from like Meatballs to Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. Then he took a break for a while, and he came back with like this the jaded, more cynical version, mm-hmm. which was kind of interesting and underrated. Yeah. Which is Scrooge, Quick yeah. Change, yeah. and uh, of course Groundhog Day, which yeah. Yeah. Is, that's that was a great mm-hmm. phase. Yep. Then he became the indie darling Bill mm-hmm. Murray with Rushmore and the Wes Anderson movies and Lost in Translation. And now he's just basically a cult hero. And he hasn't yeah. really done a lot of movies mm-hmm. in the last decade that are that memorable, but he's actually his cachet went up. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think he just uh, he does what he wants now. He even yeah. said he doesn't have yeah. any representation. He, yeah. he doesn't have an agent yeah. or a manager or anything now. Yeah. And it's like, uh, I'll, if I, something comes across my way that I find interesting, then I'll do it. And, you know, and. Though we wish he would do more, but yeah. then again, you know, but then it gets to a point where it's like you don't want to sully what's out there yeah. because, right. I mean, honestly, look at Robert De Niro. Right, right. Look, at, I mean, it's embarrassing some of the and movies he's done. It's not interesting, and it's not yeah. interesting. Yeah. I yeah, know he likes yeah. to work, and he, he's taking that money to take care of other projects. Well, right. I think what, what movie it became bad after Meet the Fockers? Not Meet the Fockers. Uh, was it Meet the Fockers? No, it was a. Uh, 
What was the movie? Meet the Parents. Meet the Parents. And then he became a comedic star. No, was it Analyze This? It was Analyze, Analyze This was the movie that really... And he became a really comedy star. Too, yeah, yeah he, he showed that he had these... He always had comedy chops, but he, yeah. it showed that he... My favorite De Niro comedy is Midnight Run. If we're talking about... Oh, well, right, I yeah, think yeah. a comedy, I guess, if you count that as a comedy, sure, I thought yeah, it was number one. <laughs> so I, yeah. Number two would be Midnight Run. Yeah. I think that's... Taxi Driver is pretty funny. Yeah, <laughs> it's a funny movie, actually. There's a lot of funny stuff in it's it. Just, I mean, him trying to hit on Sybil Shepherd is pretty hilarious. Painfully, painfully. You know, he makes the mistake being an actor, and somebody told him he was funny, and then he tried to be funny. Yeah. And when you're, you know, there's certain people going to be try to be funny and be funny. He was funny in Analyze This. He was funny in Midnight Run because he was playing very straight, very straight, and that's what was killing. And like he's good at being a smart. I mean, that's his great Midnight Run. He's hilarious in Midnight Run, but he's. He's being a smart ass. This character is a smart ass, and, yeah. but he's playing the character straight. Mm-hmm. He's not in these comedies. He's not caring playing the characters. I mean, I hate to say, it, but it's just mm-hmm. it's it's it, you know it's it's the worst thing when somebody tells somebody that they're funny. Sometimes mm-hmm. it can ruin. A, uh, uh, um, oh gosh, I can't think of his name right now, which is really dumb because he's completely uh, Alec Baldwin. Oh yeah, somebody told Alec Baldwin he was funny, and it ruined him because mm-hmm. he's not funny. Anymore. You know, and it's yeah, yeah it's, I know it's, what you it's mean. Just a shame. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a good I know point, exactly. What you're he used talking to do about. SNL in the late eighties. Yeah. Yeah. It was great. Mm-hmm. Great. You're right. They put him in. They, they put him in too much, and then he now yeah. he's just like, oh, I get it. Yeah. You know, oh, I get it. I can, I can, I get, you know. And now I'm now I'm really going to lean into it. And it's like it's the worst thing you could have done. The one actor that I think uh, that is known for drama from De Niro's generation, more or less, that I think is legitimately funny is Gene Hackman. Who really yeah. does? Oh, absolutely! Yeah. Oh, yeah. So you watch Young Frankenstein or even Superman movies. Uh-huh. He's oh, legitimately he's, funny. Yeah, in he's movies. the best part of Superman too. And that's oh, a great, I love that movie. Oh, absolutely! I mean, he owns that movie, yeah. and he's not even the main character nope. at that point. No, nope. he's just an ancillary. Yep. Like he's observing mm. what's going on. Um, and Pesci, I think, as far as Nero, that's Pesci, another guy oh, has Pesci's great comic chops. Yeah, 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 great comic yeah. chops. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he made yeah. Now he made some best choices in some of those movies, no. but, but he's funny in them. He's, yeah. he's in real life. I saw an interview with Letterman with Pesci, and Pesci's like killing it, like timing wise, yeah. mm-hmm. just like keeping up with him and everything. Did Pacino ever do comedies? Well, uh, Dick Tracy's kind of <laughs> yeah. a comedic performance. Uh, he did. Was it uh, Arthur? Arthur was a bomb. Arthur, Arthur, yeah. which eh, it was okay. And then. Um, um, Frankie and Johnny, Frankie and Johnny which yeah. is a romantic comedy, kind, kind of, of yeah. but then it gets kind of weird. And yeah. I saw that recently, the last couple of years. Yeah. I was like, I want to check this movie out again. And it's it's odd. Yeah, it's, it's really it's odd. Off. Yeah. yeah, and yeah, I don't think he's really just. I can't think of a straight. Done Pacino any just, just yeah straight comedies and you know. I know I've laughed at Pacino because I think he's like Glenn Beer Glenn Ross. He's legitimately funny yeah. in that yeah. movie. Oh, uh, Heat, he's funny as all Get Out. Yeah, and yeah. Heat, yeah. You know, um, mm-hmm. Scarface is funny. Honestly, oh, yeah. Scarface yeah, is funny. Even look at Scarface <laughs> as a comedy because yeah. there's nothing realistic in it anyway. It's, it's so. crazy. It's over the top, but. Um, I mean, Send of a woman. I mean, yeah. takes, <laughs> Godfather Part Two is a barrel of laughs with Pacino. That's that's a really funny Pacino. I saw the scene in Send of a Woman when he's trying to kill himself. You know, when he's trying to he sends him off to get laugh right. That's, yeah, it's, that's oh, that's, it's a, <laughs> it made me laugh though. He's just like he's just like get out of here. He's doing his thing. Get out of here. I think he does something similar to that. Yeah, <laughs> he dressed oh, yeah. in. Well, his. I mean, it's just and that's the risk you're going to take. And he takes all the time. He's a scenery uh-huh. chewer. Yeah. But he's also a brilliant. Yes. Yeah. yeah. He chooses scenery, sure. Yeah. But he's 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 doing it in the best way. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you're gonna get yeah. 
you know, even like Dog Day Afternoon. There's always oh, yeah. comic. Yeah. You know, I mean, oh, there's yeah. so many parodies. A lot of Pacino because he's easy to parody. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I'm not going to Jack. By the way, I haven't. <laughs> I'll, I'll eliminate that, that temptation right now to go that route. Um, although I think Nicholson and Murray actually have been competing for different roles in recent I years because I think yeah. uh, Murray was supposed to play uh, the father of Paul Rudd in that James L. Brooks movie oh, okay. that came out. I haven't seen, yeah. but Nicholson ended up taking it, and then Nicholson was supposed to be in St. Vincent, but then Bill Murray took it. And that makes sense as they've gotten older that they uh-huh. both would be competing for similar roles because they both have that iconography. For yeah. Like the, uh, the, They're two guys that people will watch uh-huh. be themselves, for lack of a yeah, better term. Yeah, exactly. Yes, it's they can. Like, and yeah. they're both sardonic, yeah. cynical. Yeah. Right. You know, and as a director, you can just go. Yeah, just yeah, yeah. One thing, because you're not going to tell either one of them anything at this no, point. No. Not. <laughs> but you don't have to. Uh-huh. It's just one of those things yeah. of like, this is, you know what you're getting, yeah. which is great. Just go ahead and plug them in. And everybody, no, no matter what actor, no matter what level you're at, it, probably with those two, maybe a couple others, you mm-hmm. know, where they're not, they're going to adapt to what they're doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's no actor out there who's like, listen, I can't handle I can't handle what Bill Murray's doing. I mean, he's just, you know, and, and I mean, nobody's going to say that. They're just going to go, okay, yeah, we're yep. along for the ride. Yep. And, and we're going to make it. So, yeah, it's. You coast on your iconography is what yeah. happens. You, sure. you stop giving a shit about the acting and you just kind of coast on being an icon. That's what happens with a lot of people over time, you know. Because then you made, you're, you're making money. You probably don't want to push yourself that much. Well, into... and I think the tough part there is if you try and do. If they tried to do everything to make them you not think it's them, that can either come up as false or just like right, I'm, or it just looks like they're working hard to not be who they yeah. are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Newman, that can be distracting. <laughs> Newman's the one guy that I think never phoned it until the end. I think Newman always Pond gave. The, yeah. Oh, oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I think that he kind of without really. It's not like he was that versatile. I just think Newman committed to whatever he was sure. doing, kind of like Candy we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. He just mm-hmm. always gave it. Well, we've gotten off enough detours yes, on, <laughs> on, on stripes, but uh, they're all relevant in some weird sure. way. Uh, what is your overall thoughts? Like uh, any line of dialogue that stands out for you that's a favorite, and also your overall thoughts on the movie? Uh, we'll go around the table with Stephen. Uh, all of the dialogue. No, all of the dialogue. Uh, there were a bunch of lines today. I heard again. I'm like, oh, I used to say that all the time. Oh, I used to say that. And sometimes it's, oh, I say that, and I forgot why I say it all the time. Uh, I can't remember the specific line, though, of course, uh, now that I'm here. Um, but, yeah, there's so much quotable, and like, especially like throwaway stuff. Yeah, yeah. One of my favorite, one, another one is, uh, you can't park that here. We're not parking it. We're abandoning it, <laughs> which I said about a lot of my cars through my life. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, uh, that's great. Uh, yeah, I think it, it still holds up. Um, I was thinking about that this morning. Like, I mean, it's definitely a movie of its time. Yeah. But I don't think, so you watching it now, it. It feels of that time, but it doesn't feel dated. I guess like, you're yeah. still gonna laugh. Those situations are the same. Those the actors are doing are, are great. Um, the setups are great. Um, so yeah, I still enjoy it. I mean, there's a, you can't escape any nostalgic feelings, um, but I don't think that's the overwhelming thing pulling through. It's it's just still very funny. Yeah. I mean, Murray carries it, but like we said, he's got a lot of help on this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, you know, I like I said, there's you can't pick one line. Um, can't. You can't pick one line. So, yeah, it would be hard to say what's the one. There's, there's just so many. Um, this movie is just so quotable. But 
Yeah, as far as like, I think nostalgia does have a lot to, to do yeah. with this movie. Uh, I, you know, I love this movie. I'm always going to love this movie. I'm always going to want to watch this movie. And I don't want to dig too deep in this movie, whether it holds up, mm-hmm. whether the whether the younger mm-hmm. people like Scott said, oh, I didn't think it was that great, or really going to think it's great or funny. I would just say, say, well, if you're a fan of comedy, maybe you'll think this mm-hmm. movie's great. But then again, I, I don't necessarily know, because I still remember my 16-year-old niece. I made her sit down and watch a little bit of... Uh, uh, blazing saddles with me and yeah. she's like I don't get it and so I'm like I don't even want to try to say that yeah. I love this movie yeah. Yeah. and uh, you know much any more any more than that I just really I like anything I'm just going with my heart on this thing mm-hmm. and really not trying to give any mm-hmm. opinion uh, any actual opinion about this movie one way or the other um, because I don't want to ruin it for myself right. you know? yep. I'm with you. I have. I'm struggling with that with with the stuff I grew up with, which uh-huh. I, st- I I do think is brilliant. It, it honestly is. But I, I I think things have shifted, like it always does. And mm-hmm. and and I don't want to be a gatekeeper saying right. that my stuff is better mm-hmm. than your stuff. You know, although I'm tempted sometimes to go that route because I'm struggling. I've, I've noticed people with Python or Mel Brooks, like they're not yeah. responding to it the way I did, and it and it hurts you in a way because it's like, oh, I'm so connected to this stuff, and yeah. it's so defined my taste in comedy, it's hard to see it, but I still think there's a lot worth, and Bill Murray certainly has carried over in a way that a lot of guys mm-hmm. aren't carrying over. He seems to really, people, millennials and post-millennials, yeah. I'm not going to group everybody together, right. but they seem to be responding to him in a way that they're obviously they're not responding to people like Chevy Chase or even John Belushi. It just seems like Bill Murray resonates with different generations i'm with you i i can't look at this objectively i still love this movie mm-hmm. i know it's flawed i know that as a screenplay if you same with caddyshack mm-hmm. i know these movies aren't going to hold up under that scrutiny but i'm so attached and i love this style of comedy so much i i, I can't detach myself from it i i think it's great um and like you i can't pick a single line of dialogue the closest i can come to is the speech about hey when you told me about the story about the cow and you oh. and the cow, I want to party with you, man. You and me together, forget it. I thought that was insanely good. But uh, I love it. I can't detach myself from it. We'll go step. Yeah, it, um, yeah, it's not my favorite uh, of these comedies. I don't. I, I think it's. Um, I think that was a big thing. I didn't think it was as funny as I thought it was yeah. going to be. Yeah. And maybe that's because it, it wasn't as sharp. Like. Um, now I grew up with Ghostbusters, like mm. probably the first movie I ever saw, and so. But I think the jokes just land in that movie in a way, probably because a lot of the, I think Ivan Reitman and Bill Murray and everybody they kind of perfected the model for that movie as far as like how, like the EPA guy is John Larroquette, but he mm. and Bill Murray go at it. Mm-hmm. So Bill Murray and he's not Bill Murray's not as much antagonistic against you know he. There's moments in there where, where he's like the one against him is like, you know, he like where he says he's gonna What's sue that? him. Um, <laughs> but the, I, I do like the movie though. I, I, I think, and there are my favorite line. The line that made me laugh is when they said, "Are you homosexual?" They said, "We're willing to learn." I love that. <laughs> and I was just like, that was really funny. But a lot of them are like they, the jokes like. They're fun, but they, I don't think they're as hard-hitting um, because it's just not – like he, I like them, but I was like, oh, I did, they didn't make me laugh out loud as, as I thought. But um, I still like the movie. I think John Larroquette leering at the women was so <laughs> absurd. <Yeah. laughs> 
There's a lot of there's a lot of boot camp scenes in this movie. I'd probably <laughs> I know yeah. about boot camping of people struggling through mud. It's like look how fat John Candy is. Um, yeah. But uh, um, no, I, I I do like it. The the ending's better than. It's not. If someone says it's okay, you'll probably hate it. But if someone says it's terrible, you might be pleasantly surprised. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Uh, it's weird. It's weird because I thought it was as boring. Like they just sat in that. Um, there is a line though when they're sitting by the Bill Murray and our guardian that I forget what the line is, so I probably shouldn't bring it up. But that, I thought that was a pretty funny line. They're just sitting there, like with their backs against they it. Can sit, yeah. yeah, I forget guardian. what they said. Yeah. They they say something in there. So there you go. There. Yeah. <laughs> a little Easter egg. Go watch the movie to figure out what line it is. <laughs> no, but it's, it's good though, and I think it's funny because it has. I just watching it is like it's it's the same story as Ghostbusters mm-hmm. where you got these group of ragtag going against like uh-huh. you know government officials. Yeah. Um. To. And then they end up saving the world. It's the same as Animal House, where they're going. Yes, yeah. but it's yeah. the same as Animal House, but it has the ending of Animal House with the with what are they doing? Well, the yeah, magazine covers. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah, 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 which is yeah. like, oh, it's like this is. And like, they got a weird vehicle that's causing yeah. all the chaos. Yeah. Yeah. This is like yeah. the missing link. If you want to, yeah. if you want to get from Ghostbusters to Animal House, and this is the just movie. as a device. I love that. Not as well, the magazine thing is yeah. good one, but yeah, Animal House was just a little. Uh, the stop. They stop. And they do exactly happens. the same I, thing. I, uh, yeah. I love that storytelling device of giving a bunch of information in a couple seconds and then back to back to. The Other end. movies did that. They stop. They don't do that anymore. But they, I know they yeah. copied that in a lot. Of, I think yeah. does oh, PCU do that? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think PCU's done that. I, well, I don't come at me just because I like that. <laughs> I didn't say it was the greatest movie ever. I watched I that. that. I watched that many times. So. <laughs> and I think Animal House is actually doing that from American Graffiti. They did oh, the yeah, graffiti. graffiti did it. So I think that was a reference. To oh, that. okay, yeah. I like to get a list yeah. of all the movies. Because they're yeah. set in the same year, I think. I think they are. Yeah, yeah they are. The American Graffiti. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. They are. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like the Roadrunner. You stop it, and they give it. A nod. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think Animal House has the best script of these movies, like the actual pure script story. Yeah. Yeah. I think that and Ghostbusters, you could probably argue. Ivan Reitman wrote it, right? He write, no, no he, he produced Animal House, but he didn't yeah. direct. That was Landis. Oh, yeah, because Landis came in. It was, Landis, it was well, it was the it was the majority of the Lampoon staff. It yeah. all came from their right. um, from their stories from college, and that's that's how the script came Doug together. Doug Kenny and a bunch of Doug Kenny and all yeah. those guys, yeah. yeah. So, and that's probably why it was as good because there was a team. Mm-hmm. There was a team of the top comedy writers at yeah. that point in time. Yeah. Yeah. wrote that movie. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, so. It, so that's probably why it, it kind of came off better than the other ones. Yes, and it, I, we will be covering that at I was some point. Say, we can get into that cast. That's another <laughs> yeah, that's, podcast. That's, that's another, we, we will, we'll, absolutely, we will cover that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's uh, for me. This is like along with Mel Brooks and Monty Python. This is the kind of the, these Ramus, Reitman, Landis comedies kind of informed mm-hmm. my style yeah. of comedy. It was exactly. like for, for anybody. That's one of the reasons I went into it. So I always end the podcast by. Stating that if you can't watch a movie in a theater, which I would love to see Stripes in the theater, by the way, I haven't had that opportunity. You want to see those boobs? I do. (laughs) (laughs) Basically, yeah. Yeah, That's that's like. like, I I, I love. I'm going to do the Larry Kent thing. I didn't know they could do that. I didn't know they could do that. I always speculate. What did? 
what are they I doing? Right, right. Maybe yeah, he's right. just never seen a woman. Yeah. There's a real possibility yeah. that he may have uh, never seen a woman. <laughs> naked. He's, oh, my God, look at this. Is oh, this wow. Ooh, like? ooh, 14, ooh. I definitely had no idea what he was talking that about. Would, now uh, I have that would be a, the same level. The same level of yeah. understanding. Uh, that would be a fun gag whenever you see mo- nudity in the movie to start making noises like, ooh, ooh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes. Ooh. Oh, yeah. That's, <laughs> that's a good way to get banned from AMC theaters that's right, right there. Right. Uh, my dad but it'll get you cast. Just in our living room. <laughs> Actually, in fact, my dad probably did that when we were watching. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. <laughs> oh, my. No, there was one lady, one movie we were watching, not big enough, but she would respond in a weird way, like when someone got hit in the face. Oh, it was Shazam. We were watching Shazam. Oh, wow. Yeah. And someone, <laughs> whenever someone got hit in the face, like with a gag, she would go, oh, my. Like, every time. <laughs> she was always surprised by everything. She's like, oh. If, was, you, if you're not exposed to superhero tropes at this point in time, I, I have nothing for you at that yeah, point. That was so funny. Um, so anyway, I always end up, like, if you can't see it in the theater, and if you do go in the theater, you have to make leering and voyeuristic remarks and make everybody uncomfortable and get arrested. Um, the best place to watch it is to do the same thing with a Blu-ray. <laughs> uh, and this does have a great Blu-ray. It has the extended cut. That's the only oh, okay. thing that's available right now on Blu-ray. I highly recommend it to you two. I think I yeah. definitely need to see that. I just want yeah. you guys to, to see what your reactions are to those deleted yeah. scenes. Yeah. If it improves it for uh, you, you can borrow it from me because okay. I own it. Uh, it. It's great. I think it came out in 2012. I think there's a great documentary. It's not great, but it's it, there has reminiscence from uh, John Larroquette, Reinhold, John Deal, uh, Sean Young, <laughs> PJ Souls, Brightman, and Ramis are all in it. Okay. This is well before Ramis yeah. passed yeah. away. Yeah. And Murray's in it with limited amount of Murray that's clearly taped because they traveled to Tokyo when he's doing Lost in Translation to get his remarks on Stripe. So he's doing it in, like, one of those, like, club scenes. Uh And they're even making fun of, like, yeah, you had to travel all the way to Tokyo to get Bill Murray, (laughs) which is a very Bill Murray thing in itself. So I highly recommend the DVD. And and there's a great commentary with Brightman and I think the other writer besides Ramis. I forget his name, which is eluding me. But it's a great commentary. Um, So there's that. And I want to thank our guests for joining us for maybe sure. their fourth slash fifth <laughs> times, however many times you've been on. Do you guys, either of you, have anything to plug coming up? Uh, I'll just say usual. Go to madlab.net. Check out what's going on there. Uh, you'll probably see something I'm up to. And uh, if you're on Facebook, uh, search at OGP Columbus to see what uh, OGP's up to. Okay. And um, go to squatchsmashers.net. Com, I believe, uh, for the Squatch Masters podcast. Uh, I highly recommend that. I yeah. do uh, uh, my whole bunch of different voices, mostly mostly Elvis the, <laughs> the Necromancer, <laughs> uh, which has been immensely fun for me. Um, Darren Esler, who a lot of people don't know, was an improviser here in Columbus in the 90s, mm-hmm. is a comic genius and his stuff. It's weird. It doesn't it's, make a lick of sense, but it's yeah, hilarious. It's just a we'll lot just, of fun. I'm a couple episodes behind, I think, but I yeah, got yeah. caught up. Just, just, and, just, and just start listening to it. Because yeah. you try in the first season, it doesn't, yeah, it you're it's not going to make any sense. Um, Just like stripes. So right. um, from time to time, actually, tonight, which doesn't make any sense because you're not going to post this tonight, but uh, I'll be on 610 WTVN on uh, Over the Line with uh, Jack and Joe, but I do that uh, on, on occasion on Sunday nights with them. Uh, December 4th, I will be doing the Roast of Santa Claus at BrewDog and Canal Winchester. I will be the Easter Bunny. Uh, <laughs> it is a, it is, there's a disclaimer at the door. This is not... If you are triggered, if you are offended, don't come. Just don't come. We're going all out for this one, so I'm very happy to be doing that. December, I think, 13th, that following Friday, I will be at uh, the Idea Foundry in Franklinton uh, for Donut Sundays, Franklinton Fridays. Uh, They're going to be 
uh, doing their shows, the Trash Boys. So it's Trashmas. I'm going to get drunk and do crowd work. Uh, and then on December 19th, I just uh, uh, found out I was going to be doing this. I'll be at the Nest Theater for Geezers of Improv with uh, Mr. Joe nice. Teeters. Uh, so yeah, it's going to be a busy month for me and then, uh, probably disappear for the rest of the year for, for 2020. Right, yeah. So yeah. And, uh, Scott and I, 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 I have a gig coming up, hey. which is rare these days, but, uh, Scott and I are going to be part of a show at Mad Lab, I believe, uh, uh Friday the 13th of December, oh, yeah, the, uh, um, 10 PM. It's the Mis- Christmas. Island of Misfits. Yeah. But yeah. Island yeah, of Misfits. Yeah. It's run by Ella Pilardi yes. and, uh, my friend, our co-host, Tony Sacco yeah. might be part of it, as well as our, our yeah. frequent guest, Josh Greenwald, is also part of that show. So, And then I think we'll be in the Improv Wars coming in January. So I believe I so. As the Wheeler <laughs> Brothers. Yes. And, uh, yeah, just follow Cinema Wheeler Day. Um, and uh, give us five stars or one star. Give us all one star. <laughs> right, no one right. gets one star. So. Great review. We don't care how you rate us or review us. Just do give it. Us five. Right. It's always weird. Like, give us the highest. Don't give us three. <laughs> I'm just glad people have a lot to wade through with our pr- with the plugs today <laughs> to, to dive into. They have options. You have options. I just right, yeah, do what the board. I'm going to give right. up my uh, promos to my guests. <laughs> yeah. That's now, enough. It was fantastic. And, uh, again, continue to, to listen and review us when you can or just follow us on Facebook. And uh, we always have things coming up in the pipeline. And we'll see you guys next time. See ya. Bye. cow and your friend tried to make it with the cow I want to party with you cowboy the two of us together forget it you watch Rocky and Bullwinkle and then you drive your cow what a couple hours you come home and you order our food and, and then you play those stupid Tito Puente albums until two in the morning Tito Puente is going to be dead, and you're going to say, oh, I've been listening to him for years. And I think mm-hmm. he's fabulous. Right, right. And then you watch movies until dawn, and then, then you come to bed with me. Now, there's a couple of questions that I have to ask you. They're a little personal. Uh, have you ever been uh, convicted of a felony or a misdemeanor? That's uh, robbery, rape, car theft, that sort of thing. Convicted? Yeah. No. Never convicted. That's good. Good. Are either of you, uh, homosexuals? You mean like flaming, or...? Well, it's a, it's a standard question we have to ask. No, we're not homosexual, but we are willing to learn. <laughs>